Welcome to episode four of the Ego Chow podcast. My name is Preston Byers and I'm with Justin Binkowski as usual. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about um, Major One of the Call of Duty League. Um, and we actually have some Roster Mania news or I guess like Benchamania news, uh, Ultra um, benching methods. We have uh, the French Phenom, Hydra arriving in America, um, uh, some GAs, some new, a new meta because of GAs. Um, we're going to try to update our power rankings. Uh, we did uh, pre-stage one power rankings, so we're going to do a uh, post-stage one, pre-stage two power rankings, and um, maybe do uh, like an MVP or rookie of the year at the moment kind of thing. Um, I don't think we did that before stage one, but I kind of meant to, but we just didn't do it. You so, did rookie of the year, I think. Okay. So how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing pretty well. Um, I was actually pretty surprised to see we got Roster Mania on like a, a random Wednesday, and definitely not this team. That yeah. Um, so uh, let's start off stage one major. Uh, this is a five hundred thousand dollar tournament, and uh, similar to COD Champs last year, double elimination. Um, the top six teams I believe um, start in the winner's bracket everybody else starts in the loser's bracket is that correct what did you say eight six six right it was six in the winner's yeah. bracket I yes I sure it might have been eight and four but this one was definitely six yeah so uh, so like the top three from the groups uh, from each group started in the winner's bracket and after Five days of tournament play. Uh, FaZe crushed the Dallas Empire in the grand finals to win the $200,000 grand prize. Um, they smoked everybody, to be quite frank. Uh, they were 9 and 4 in hardpoint, 11 and 1 in search, and 6 and 3 in control. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do for this. I don't know if you want to go match by match or kind of like overarching theme of the of the tournament. Yeah, I don't want to go match by match because we got a lot to talk about. But uh, we pulled up the bracket for those of you watching either live now or in video form later. Uh, bracket will be on screen. So if you want to take a look at how the tournament broke down, uh, you can do that. But um, some of the biggest takeaways, I would say, aside from what you were touching on with FaZe, was that, um, you know, starting out down low, the uh, Mutineers came out and won two matches in the loser's bracket. Uh, started out, I believe they went up 2-0 against New York in their third match and then got reverse swept. Mm -hmm. So um, Florida looked a little better in this tournament, kind of maybe a little bit closer to what some people were expecting from them going into the season. Obviously, they were one of the weaker teams in Stage 1 group play, so uh, that might be a sign of better things to come for them moving forward. Um, other than that, if we also look at the first round of the winner's bracket, notably Optics swept New York. That'll be important later on. And uh, the Gorillas swept uh, the LA Thieves, which was arguably uh, one of the biggest upsets, at least early in the tournament. Most people would have thought the Thieves would take that one. Um, yeah, I don't know if you got anything you want to chip in. I'm kind of just rambling, but uh, no, I, those are some of the I do stuff. Think, I do think the Gorillas beating the Thieves, I think that's the biggest upset of anything in this tournament, to be honest. Um, I mean, like... Well, Obviously, we'll get the subliners and stuff like yeah. that. That's a really big upset, but I think most people thought 
So, like, the Thieves were a match away from being the number one seed in their group, um, but they lost to the Empire. And Gorillas were two and three in groups, and they did not look particularly good in a lot of their games. Um, but to come out and sweep them in the opening uh, opening winner's bracket round, I think that's a really big shocker. Um, and, I mean, let's just talk a little about Florida because, like, the first two days – that was like really exciting from them because we got to see Awakening and Skies like be superstars, and we we saw how good Skies could be last year, and we saw how good uh, I'm echoing. I think uh, I don't know if it's you or me. Um, Whoops. Uh, either way, I think uh, we we got to see Big Wake kind of do his thing uh, we didn't get to see it as much last year since he didn't sub in until like the back third of the of the season but they looked really really good like Paris I think is a lot better uh, is they're definitely a lot better than I gave them credit for but uh they they just looked like they just couldn't finish Florida off and that's partially because of skies and big wake Um, what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Rocker losing? Or we could talk about Toronto or Minnesota really losing in, in losers. Yeah, I mean, we can touch on all that. I think uh, most people would have expected Rocker to win their second or their first round, their first matchup, the second round of the losers bracket. Um, Toronto obviously wins two matches in this tournament, but it's against London and then the Rocker, and then they get 3 left by the Thieves. So uh, kind of hard to tell how much you can take away from that. And obviously the organization uh, was not pleased with the results. And as we'll talk about later, they made a change today, the first major roster change we've seen so far uh, since Stage 1 ended. So um, I, I, I'm not remembering the series too much off the top of my head. What, Minnesota-Toronto? Uh, Minnesota-Toronto, yeah. I definitely was not paying attention as closely to this series as I was to the other ones because I kind of just figured Toronto did not look particularly good against London, who had absolutely no practice with Zed. And yeah. uh, I guess that's something we just need to touch on a little bit is uh, Alex... Um, left the team like pretty abruptly before the major, I think a day before the major, a day of, um, for personal reasons. Uh, there was no further explanation given, uh, but he left the team. He has actually returned to Europe, as far as I know, and uh, I mean, he won't be coming back, obviously, for the beginning of Stage 2. Um, I think they've, I don't know if they've said it, but I think the rumor is that Zed will continue to sub in in his absence, um, but uh, Toronto looked, uh, they barely survived against London in that first matchup, and then they upset Minnesota, but Minnesota's just like, they're so bad in hard point, and that's that's hard to overcome if you barely can win any hard points. Yeah, I, I pulled up the results real quick, and so that was obviously a 3-2 with Toronto winning both hard points. Minnesota won the first search 6-5, so that was close. Um, they won the control too, and then Toronto won Miami Surge game five six one. So, especially for Minnesota, who's looked strong in Surge, it's uh, maybe a little concerning that they lost the game five that convincingly. Um, 
I don't really know why I can't remember that series as much because I obviously was watching it, but uh, yeah. So um, that's how that went down. And then uh, I guess we'll just kind of move along. And um, obviously, Altro got knocked out in the ne- uh, next round, like you said, by the Thieves. And then the Subliners reverse swept the Mutineers um, and knocked them out of the tournament. And I guess that was a particularly like notable series just because Big Wake went off. He, I think he had like a 1.9 KD throughout the entire series and no one else on his team had a positive KD. And it was kind of the same, I think, on the other side with, I want to say Diamond Con was like 1.2-ish KD and then everybody else was kind of even. Um, but big wake was not happy i think on twitter you said we like we threw or like we were trolling because like uh they nobody played well except him which is uh, i think i said in the group chat that it was very similar to like a seattle series uh from last year where octane is doing his thing and his teammates aren't really keeping up yeah i think i remember slack tweeted something out too after the series about them like just not showing up for those last three maps um, if we look at the scores, Florida wins Garrison Hardpoint to kick it off 252-41, and then they win Checkmate Search and Destroy 6-5, so both those matches are pretty close, mm-hmm. and uh, Checkmate Control goes to New York 3-1, Checkmate Hardpoint 250-193 New York, and then Miami Search was 6-3 New York, so New York's win were a little bit, not, I don't want to say convincing, but they were a little, you know, they weren't as close as Florida's victories, but, um... That I think personally, that it's a bigger takeaway for Florida. Obviously, we see later in the tournament what New York goes on to do. So, if Florida is playing better against a team, you know, obviously they're beating, they beat Seattle and Paris, who are considered lesser teams by many pundits, um, so far at least. And um, if they're playing New York close, who's able to perform better in this tournament, it might be a sign of them improving or maybe having a better performance in stage two yeah they definitely i think florida definitely proved how good they could be because Mm -hmm. in group play they were kind of trash like they looked very unorganized or disorganized um but in all three of their matches they showed that they can be like a top uh top half of the league team um especially with the subliners how well they did like you said um, pushing them, and uh, they probably should have beaten them had anyone stepped up to really help Big Wake. Um, so uh, they did a pretty good job, but they, I think, finished in seventh or something like that, um, tied for seventh. Um, so, yeah. Um, in the winner's bracket, uh, we don't really need to talk about phase Gorillas. It was one-sided phase swept, um, which was just kind of how phase did the entire tournament. But um, in the big big match we had empire versus optic and this was actually a really good series i think it got over a hundred thousand viewers on youtube and um people were really excited about it and it went down to game five i believe round 11 yep and um it i think it was hook just slipping under wing uh by envoy and he didn't know it and he flanked and I think he got two kills or one kill, and uh, Empire cleaned up and won round 11 and uh, sent Optic down to the loser's bracket. Um, and then, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you think about this series? Because it was obviously, I mean, Envy versus Optic is a classic rivalry in COD, um, so uh, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, so um, just looking at the stats on paper, you know, Dallas won both hard points. You probably wouldn't expect that if you're, like, predicting the match ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, well, let's say if you think Dallas wins both hard points, you don't think it's going to go to a game five because mm-hmm. you most likely assume Dallas wins game One. two search. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think the biggest thing – for me, it's going to take away from talking about FaZe a little later, but like, FaZe looked head and shoulders above Empire yep. in both of the series that they played. And, you know, Dallas looked like a good team in all of their matches, but this was obviously their closest one. So I think this just like goes to show how far ahead FaZe is right now in comparison to. Uh, the rest of the teams, if the Empire's playing, you know, optic close like this, but not really, you know, hanging with FaZe. Obviously, they ended up taking two maps in that best of nine, but still, that's, it was an 8-2 map count in this tournament. Like, mm-hmm. can't really say that's close. Um, just that, that difference, I think, is just goes to show how dominant FaZe is at this stage. And, you know, maybe things will change in stage two with GAs and shift in the meta, etc. But, you know, at least talking about the stage one major uh, phase is far and away the best team. And it's kind of like, you know, phase is one all the way up here. Empire's two, a little further down. And then Chicago's three in my eyes. But, like, the difference between them and the difference between Dallas and Optic is not as big as the difference between Atlanta and Dallas, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... We only got to see phase um, phase two opponents, only Gorillas and Empire, because Empire got back to the grand finals. But in both of those, um, or all three of those matchups, or both of those opponents, they did not seem to struggle one bit. Like um, Empire took two maps, and I believe one of them was Control, where they dominated, and Hardpoint, where they uh, dominated. But when it came to Search, and in like this kind of grand final, where uh, you don't really have like a traditional like grand finals like format um, like getting just destroyed in search is not good like nope. like in a regular series you can bounce back because you know that you have the control up next and then you'll have a hard point and then hopefully you have an SND map that you're comfortable on but in every single instance phase demolished Empire on search and it like uh, the end of raid search where they're trying to assassinate Krim for the final <laughs> kill that just shows that they didn't have any issues like this is the defending world champions that it Krim 6 is the best Call of Duty player of all time the most winningest Call of Duty player of all time and they're trying to assassinate him in a $500,000 tournament that just shows the like how like you said just how far away uh, they are in the lead over these other teams. To be fair, I, I was, you know, I was definitely cheering for the assassination just because yeah. I think it's hilarious. But to be fair, they were doing that when they were up 5-2, yeah. I believe. They're up 5-2, and it was in a 4v1. So they got the first three kills. So, like, I don't think we fa- see FaZe go for that if it's a 1v1 or even a 2v2 in that situation. Yeah. Uh, just because they had the numbers advantage, it worked out. So I don't think that, like, the assassination attempt... Wow, that sounds weird to say. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think like uh, them going for the execute there is like a, you know, in a narrative example of how dominant they are. But it definitely it would definitely would have been cool to see. But um, yeah, I just uh, and and Sam shooting bodies. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that was he brought that out. That was kind of funny too. Some people might get butt hurt over that, but no, not on this over. podcast. I nope. I love it. Like, I mean, if you get mad about it, then it's kind of like when a pitcher gets mad at like a a guy late in like late in a, a baseball game, um, hitting a home run. It's like if you didn't want him to hit a home run, don't let him do it. You know, like if if you get if you're mad at like someone shooting bodies, then shoot their body or kill them so many times that they really can't do anything they can't taunt you so i don't like that part of it is just like so stupid and i'm sure that simp did get some backlash on twitter oh yeah because i when he did it uh, against huntsman last year people were like sending him death threats and everything so uh, i'm sure that empire fans weren't happy but like who cares like i just want the shit talk i want people to shoot bodies like it's so much more fun in cod when guys can like let loose and kind of show their personalities a little bit yep and this is a simp thing too like simp knows he's so good and like when he gets on fire i think it's more like he just gets caught up in the moment and it's like i'm just going to shoot like shotzi's body which is incredible <laughs> yeah um so we kind of skipped ahead there to the finals but um you want to just talk about the know. optic subliners yeah i was just gonna say um other than talking about uh, how successful FaZe was in this tournament. Uh, the other big theme that we haven't really hit on was Subliners run through the loser's bracket. Um, they have that reverse sweep against Florida, and then they go on to beat the Gorillas, and they sweep Optic after, as we already talked about, mm -hmm. Optic swept them in the first round in the winner's bracket, and uh, there was some drama with uh, Diamond Con snaking on Crossroads, <laughs> and you know there was drama between Clay pulling up the tweet about Dashy saying like he's not going to succeed without you know Illy Shotzi Hook or the Tiny Terrors, but uh, all that aside, I think that's just a really good sign of things to come for New York. Um, obviously, we're going to touch on Hydra a little bit later, but um, I think that makes that decision. It seems like they already know what they're going to do at least yeah. for now, but I think it uh, makes that decision a little bit harder with New York getting a third place finish in the first major. Yeah, they looked, uh, so they kind of just looked off against Optic in the winner's bracket, and then it was the complete opposite in the loser's bracket. Uh, maybe it was because they got some momentum. They had already beaten Florida and LAG uh, heading into that, but um, against Optic, uh, we should mention that they kind of did um, unorthodox uh, veto picks, so they went with maps that neither them or optic had really played i believe um checkmate control optic had played a few times and had won everything but i uh i don't know what the exact maps i know they played garrison smd which optic i don't think had ever played before um this season or if they did they played la thieves like you know an hour before or something and then the hard point the same thing it was optic had either played it once or had never played it so like uh, New York, maybe, maybe they kind of knew this. Like maybe they knew, like we've been working on these maps. We've just never got to really show them off in a match, and this is the perfect time. Optic, we know what they like to do. 
obviously those veto picks of the la uh, the last series where they got swept not a good idea probably don't go back to those so like let's go with a little bit different uh, map set and they absolutely smoked them that Garrison, Garrison SND uh, I don't I mean I obviously don't play but uh, people were saying that this is a very hard map for offenses for search and they schooled optic over and over again I think they won three offensive rounds out of seven rounds that's incredible and Diamond Con uh, nearly had an ace in one round just by defending one bomb site where Optic was just like, yeah, like, let's just fly out A, guys, and I'm sure this will be fine, and they all died. So, um, New York just looked more prepared, and I'm sure Optic won't let that happen next time. Like, they'll definitely be working on these maps, uh, especially when they know they have to play New York. Yep, I think that was a good point. Um, obviously, well find out the groups later this week. I think uh, Crone tweeted that the group show is on Friday or something along that lines, but okay. you would assume, just based on the standings from the major, that uh, New York and Optic won't be in the same group. Yeah, you would assume uh, that. But you never know how it's going to shake out. But that was still interesting, just cons uh, you know, considering the Optic swept New York, to see the absolute reverse happen. And their rematch in the loser bracket was very surprising. Yep. And I think, uh, um, like, let's just talk, like, just touch on this Empire Subliners match because this is a rematch of a very good um, meeting in group stage where Empire reverse swept Subliners. And this time they swept them. It wasn't, uh, as far as I remember, like, particularly close. And I'm not sure. Uh, what were you saying? Just the scores, you know suggest it was close it was 250 213 hard point two six five search and three two dallas okay i uh, don't remember a crazy a control round in that one i don't really remember either it was checkmate control so i don't really remember i think i was like having a smoke break or something after a smoke break no <laughs> i was uh i'm pretty sure i was just recovering from phase absolutely demolishing dallas and yeah, I don't, I don't really remember a lot from that series. A lot of these series kind of blur together. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there were like 15 matches, and this was just a few days after we finished 20 matches in Super Week. So we've seen a lot of Call of Duty, and everything just kind of meshes together. Um, but I just think it's interesting that Empire, uh, despite you know getting waxed by FaZe uh, like 30 minutes before, and despite... Having a really close series with New York the first time they met, they they swept them uh, in the loser bracket finals. Actually, I do remember now, just off the top of my head, that uh, there was like some stat that in the first crossroads hard point against New York, uh, Hook dropped almost as many kills in that one hard point map as he did in the entire series against FaZe in the winner's final. Okay. It was something along those lines. So, like... Uh, Obviously, that definitely played a factor in the results of both series. But, um, yeah, that's just something I just remembered off the top of my head. Um, I think we pretty much touched on everything we want to touch on in the major. The uh, big takeaways, obviously, were, uh, for me at least, Florida kind of, you know, showing up a little bit more than some people might have expected, maybe looking a little better heading into Stage 2. Uh, New York certainly looking like you know a top half team especially you know they performed well in stage one group play but they 
exceeded expectat most people's expectations at least in this major by coming in third. And then FaZe just, you know, absolutely asserted dominance and proved they're the best team right now. Yep. Um, and uh, on the back of that, we're going to talk about uh, Toronto benching methods. Um, this is the first roster change of the uh, young Call of Duty League season. Um, so I, uh, Methods actually broke this. Nobody else did. Um, he went on Twitter today and uh, he wanted to get out in front of it. Let me pull up this tweet real quick. Um, and he said, uh, before it comes from anyone else, I've been benched by Ultra. Not sh really sure what to say or do. This is my best game since World War II, and obviously wasn't expecting this. I appreciate the support in advance. And uh, Toronto, I don't believe, has said anything on the matter, um, but it appears that Insight is going to replace him because Methods replaced Insight on his Challengers team. So Methods is going to play Challengers with uh, Decimate, Draza, and uh, Twerk, I think. Yep. So... Um, uh, I guess, like, what do you make of uh, the meme now is going to be uh, no zenny, no winnie. So uh, what do you think of Methods being the first player to be benched in the uh, CDL season? First off, I really hope that catches on because that's fair. <laughs> um, but, you know, second off, there I see two sides to this. Um, obviously, my immediate reaction, you know, like just seeing that tweet on the timeline this afternoon, I was just like, wow, holy shit, I can't believe methods is bench but like if you go back and think about it a little bit it makes a little mm -hmm. bit more sense um early in I, I believe it was the middle of october uh toronto signs insight as their substitute player uh insight is european uh the three other guys on toronto right now bands cami and kleenex they're also european players uh, Insight has chemistry playing with Kleenex on that Singularity team in Black Ops 4. And the head coach of uh, Toronto, Marky B, I think they also have an assistant coach who's European. I could be wrong on that, but I know obviously Marky B is European. So uh, when Insight was picked up, I obviously don't know much about him, but I've heard that he's a sol pretty solid main AR. So Zenny's a main AR. Insight, you know, apparently is a main AR. So that when you see them sign insight as a substitute that kind of you know sparks a bulb and it's like hold up maybe they're looking to make a move here and i hadn't really thought about it to any extent because i thought methods was playing pretty well at least you know mm -hmm. florida might have struggled in the group play of stage one but um i definitely didn't think they would be one of the teams to make a change most certainly i didn't think they would be the first team to make a change after stage one so um yeah, I guess, you know, the writing might have been on the wall, if you, like, think about it a little bit, but uh, definitely was a surprise to me. Yeah, so just as a little bit of background, um, like you said, Bance is English, Cami is Scottish, Kleenex is Danish, and Insight is English as well. And then obviously you have Marky B, Scottish, and Flux, uh, their analyst, he is English. So they have a very, very heavily European team. Um, they're actually the most European team in the entire league. Um, because I think, I think Parasite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, London would be there too because they have a bunch of coaches, so they would technically be slightly ahead of current Toronto yeah. if uh, Zero wasn't dealing with the views issues. Yeah. But, uh, um. So they had that. Um. But I know, like, I don't know if this was like a a plot 
um like some people have been suggesting that they've been like eyeing it like okay like when can we get rid of like someone to bring up insight and like this is like a good time i think to bring up insight if there was ever a good time because his team he was teaming with decimate draws and twerk um and challengers they won the um, last week's cup and then they won the first open of uh the north american challengers series um so uh i i don't know like i obviously something did not click fully in stage one for toronto because i was i predicted them to be optic and i thought they would be in a top like four five kind of situation and i believe they finished top eight and to get even to get to top eight they had to win two matches yeah. uh, so obviously something was not right in there um, I, I also want to say that uh, we shouldn't be as surprised that Toronto is the team that made this move because uh, if we remember in uh, the first season of CDL, they were one of the only teams to field all 10 players yep, or to true. have t all 10 players. And they were kind of uh, more like traditional sports minded where it's like, okay, like where can we sub in a player or something? Like I think Marky B and that Toronto front office has a very different way of thinking about like how to like manage a roster than a lot of like traditional COD people do. But the only thing, I uh, don't want to cut you off, but the only thing I'll say to that is that methods was that constant, you know, mm -hmm. all throughout last year, they, uh, they had Brack obviously, which there was issues there with him and, yeah. uh, payment or whatever was going on with I don't remember those off the top of my head but it was something going on with that but um basically in my head you have methods as the main AR on that Toronto lineup last year and Brack is the substitute main AR so um they never felt the need last year to bring Brack in for methods but now they have decided to go with insight instead of methods um, I don't want to say like it's some big conspiracy theory no. or anything like that, but it just some um, people were saying like, oh, he didn't even have a shot. It's like, I mean, that's not true because if they finished no. like third or fourth in this in this stage, I don't think that he would have gotten benched. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's something I probably should have thought about that I didn't. But uh, you know, he he's benched for now. He's gonna play in challengers, so maybe you know, with Toronto's experimentation that we saw last year. There's a chance he'll be back in the uh, Toronto's lineup at some point. Who knows? Or maybe Insight's just absolutely gross and Toronto wins champs. <laughs> I also think that Toronto is not afraid to make a unpopular decision because they, um, I mean, I don't know when this was, but they definitely benched Classic last season for like a, like a week or something yeah. of practice because mm -hmm. he decided to go home to New York and they require all their players to play in Toronto. So, I mean, that was a very unpopular decision. I think Classic made his way back into the lineup. He didn't yep. miss anything really except practice. But um, just the fact that they were willing to do it and like stand by that decision, I think says a lot about what how Toronto is run. Yep, that's a good point. So technical difficulties, I don't know what actually happened. Um, my girlfriend is watching Netflix in our bedroom and she had no issue and it was just my computer. OBS said that it couldn't connect. Discord said it couldn't connect. Twitter just kept loading and loading and didn't 
it never loaded. Um, so not sure what happened there, but sorry for that. Um, uh, we were talking about Hydra, uh, Hydra coming to America, and he is us. He is now on. Well, according to Crone, that's where I was. I was trying to pull up Crone's tweet. Um, so our boy Crone, uh, I don't know what the exact tweet is because my notes aren't working anymore. Um, but essentially, he said that um, he Hydra is going to be replacing Geofrosty. Is that how you say Glow it? Frosty. Glow Frosty. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never tell if it's an I or an L. <laughs> um, he's in, he replaced Glow Frosty on the uh, Subliners Academy team, and uh, so Glow Frosty is, I believe, going to Wester. Yeah. Yep. So there's been a lot of challengers um, roster mania because of like what's happening with NYSL who won mm-hmm. the elite um, in stage one and Wester who formerly were the best team and now you have Insight leaving challengers uh, presumably to join the ultra and methods coming down to replace him. So wh- uh, what do you think of Hydra coming to America and starting off in the challengers? Uh, yeah, so I think um, most importantly, we were talking either last episode or the episode before that um, about Hydra's impact when we, because it was around that time that Crone uh, was talking about him potentially, you know, figuring out that visa situation. And we were like, okay, who do we think uh, Hydra replace on the subliners? I think it was after, uh, it was after only the first week of yeah, stage they lost one, one match because they had only played one match. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe Mac because Mac <laughs> hadn't played so well yeah. in that match, and like you know, a seam on paper. Or I was like, that their roles might match up the best, and you know, uh, there was a bunch of question marks. But again, we had such a small sample size; it was tough to tell. And uh, now it looks like you know Hydra's here, but he's not going to be in the big leagues right off the bat. Um, some people might have expected that, but, you know, especially after New York gets comes in third place in the major, um, they're at least for now, it seems like they're going to stick with their current four-man team of Clay, Mac, Diamond Con, and Asim. So uh, it might not be what some people expected, but uh, I think this is good for Hydra. It'll give them a chance to, um, you know, get acclimated to playing in the NA scene, which I, I believe he was playing a little bit in uh, EU Challengers, at least. He was playing with uh, what's his uh, Whalers. I remember him. Uh, but yeah, so um, I think this will be a good start for him. And you know, maybe if he sees a lot of success immediately in NA Challengers, he'll get the call up. But uh, I don't think New York is in any hurry to make a change right now. No, we were actually. When we were talking about it originally, uh, it, it was after um, New York had lost to LA Thieves. That was their only match. And uh, we were saying, like, well, what if they rebound and they get, like, top four? Well, they got third. So, um, and I think we both agreed, like, if you get there, you can't just, like, break up the team to bring in Hydra and, like, bench someone, especially with the amount of practice, um, like the relatively little practice they have uh, with this four, um, to just kind of get rid of Asim or Mac, and uh, which we kind of agreed that they weren't going to bench Diamond Con or Clay. Definitely not Clay um, for Hydra. Um, so yeah, I, I, 
I think it's good, like you said, that he spends some time in challengers and essentially wait until the subliners sink, basically. Like, if they finish, like, sixth in this stage, yeah, he's probably going to make an appearance. Um, but it feels like unless... Like, I feel like the best possible, like, situation for him would be that they don't completely tank and finish, like, 11th or something in this stage, but finish, like, 5th or 6th and decide to make a change right after stage 2 where he'll have, like, a week and a half of practice where it's just him playing with them because if they try to incorporate him at any time during the stage, it's kind of like, okay, like, what are you guys doing? Like, you're pretty much just chalking the rest of the stage. Yeah, I think the sixth might be a little too... Uh, it might be too good of a placement for them to make a change. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. it wouldn't if they come in sixth in stage two, um, it's obviously worse than their third place placing, but I don't think that's like, you know, like a, you know, stop everything, let's make a, dra- a change right away. I think most people, if we look at the bracket... Um, New York loses their first match to Chicago. I mean, yeah, I think most people had them in that top six range. Like, if they didn't upset, um, or if they didn't beat the Gorillas mm-hmm. in that match, they would have got top six. So, um, there's a long way of me saying I don't think if they get top six in stage two, they're gonna, you know, just immediately throw Hydra in. They very well could. But I think maybe if they get, you know, top eight or worse than top six, I think top six is that threshold where, you know, if they're if they're way below it, they might make a change. If they're top six or better, they might not. Yeah, I believe it It would probably come down to just how they got top six. If they collapse, like they look really good and then they just pretty much collapse in the maybe the major or something, then you could see it. Um to go back to, like you said, Hydro was actually playing with Whalers uh, for most of this, um, most of the season uh, in Challengers in the European Challenger scene. Actually, he started uh, with Wee Man Nelson and Joe, and then he, Ooh. yeah, uh, <laughs> Team Sween. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> he actually played as Team Sween for the third European. No club. way! And then oh, um, awesome. he's he, then he's played with uh, Whalers, Keza, Henry. Um, for most of the rest of the season. And uh, they finished third in the Elite Europe Stage 1 playoffs as Trainhardt. So, I mean, he's done pretty well. Um, I mean, I haven't really heard about his individual performance, but at least his yeah. team's performances, um, that's pretty good. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see. Like, there's been so much hype about him and the fact that we didn't actually get to see him uh, in, a like, a real competitive setting because of these visa issues, it just makes it a little more intriguing now that he's come in with New York at a pretty good spot. Yep, I think that's the biggest takeaway is uh, most people, or not most people, but many people might have expected him to come to America and immediately be slotted into the starting line- lineup at the CDL level. That's not happening, mm-hmm. but you know now people get to see him perform in North America. And you know, I, for one, haven't seen a lot of him playing, and I'm excited to get to see him do that moving forward. Uh, let's move on to our next topic, uh, which are GAs. Um, so I don't know what the entire list of GAs because it kind of seems like they're testing stuff or, like, I don't know if they've actually set, um, like, if they're 100% set on some of these, but I believe that XM4s have been GA'd by the pros. 
Um, so it's now like what a Krig um, AK meta. Yeah. So um, I don't think Crone has updated his roster or uh, not roster meetings, uh gentlemen's agreement uh, article yet, but it definitely seems like um, they're testing stuff out right now, and uh, it almost seems like a hundred percent certainty that the M4 will not be involved in stage two, unless there's some like weapon balancing changes. Um, there's been some rumblings about the QBZ, which is another assault rifle in Cold War. Um, I believe some of the pro teams, I saw Clayster in particular was trying it out yesterday in scrims, but, uh, I also saw that the European, uh, European amateurs are already trying to GA the QBZ, so mm -hmm. that's also to be determined at this point. Um, I just think the overall theme of GAs right now at this point is that, uh, the pros are trying to do what they can to make the game more competitive in their viewpoint. Um, I think the XM4 was a really good gun. I don't know if, I mean, uh, it definitely seemed like it was a little bit overpowered, but I also think the 74U is overpowered to the same extent. So, uh, that's another thing. The pros are trying to GA the muzzle attachment, um, on the 74U to kind of co uh, compensate for that. But I don't know how much you can compare, uh, GAing an entire gun to a single attachment, uh, besides the point. I uh, don't want to ramble on it too much until we know for certain what's going on, but uh, it certainly seems like the pros are trying to take matters into their own hands. We really haven't had a uh, weapon balance patch that I can really remember in recent history. I mean, we may not even have had that major one since the uh, FAMAS, the FFAR, was nerfed early in the game. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, maybe the devs will step in and do something to, you know, tune down the XM4 and the 74U so that they can both be used, you know, the XM4 can be brought back in if it's actually G8 and the 74U can be used with, you know, all its attachments, you know, all that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of going to be a waiting game until we see how things shape out for Stage 2. And it's... I mean, I don't really follow, like, the guns. Like, I'm more into the players and, like, the storylines and stuff. So not as much of the gameplay. But it definitely seems that there's, like, a lot of contention, as as there are with, like, most GAs. Because to be GA'd, it doesn't have to be a unanimous decision. It's not like every pro has to agree to anything. But it's um, it seems like a lot of AR players are pissed about it because you're taking away what you said is a pretty good gun and giving them obviously not as good of a gun or at least not in the same way and um a bz in on a twitch set this is uh a, this was a screenshot provided uh to crone um that he tweeted he said that phase subliners in the seattle surge were against the recent gas according to a bz um so like and i've seen a lot of like uh clay has been tweeting about it a lot octane um, they've been saying like basically why is it always ARs that get this get like the cut and uh, I mean I think the easiest answer would probably be because there are more SMGs in the entire league so I mean if you can get most of those SMG players to agree to it that's the majority of the league right there and I don't know I just think GAs in general are pretty unpopular by uh, among fans so you have like this kind of um, this contingent among fans that 
really hate when like slasher goes on Twitter and talks about a <laughs> GA. It's uh it's kind of entertaining, but it I mean this obviously would be fixed if we could just get weapon balancing like a normal game and I don't know it's just, it's a, it's annoying, but that's kind of how we how we are in COD. Yep, I think that's the you know biggest takeaway from GAs right now. I think it's good that the pros are trying to find a way to to their standards, make the game competitively viable as best they can. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to see people, you know, Seattle had that meme. I don't want to see eight guys running around with knives. Like, uh, we got to figure something out here where we got, uh, like you said, maybe the devs have to step in and uh, give us some weapon balancing. But really, we haven't seen that yet. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to need to see. Maybe, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, certainly in the years to come we're we're gonna need that developer support from that standpoint of balancing the weapons at least it seems like Treyarch has been receptive to a lot of feedback though so hopefully we get some changes soon yep um in the same vein we actually have some teams testing out new maps um particularly apocalypse and express uh, optic they liked um scrimming hardpoint on apocalypse i believe um BBG, which is Godrex's challenger team, they tweeted um, that they were enjoying Apocalypse as well. Um, I, I know you said you hadn't played Apocalypse, but yep. what do you think about two new maps uh, potentially being, well, Express is an old map, but a new map for uh, competitive right now um, being added into the rule set? Yeah, so I haven't played Apocalypse yet because I mainly played GBs or League Play when I'm on COD. Um, but I saw the end of Optic scrimming uh, LA Thieves today on it, and uh, LA Thieves ended up winning that match, but they were ahead, and then Optic got like a 60-point hill towards the end, so it was like 250-230, I believe. Uh, and they seemed, for the most part, to like it. Um, it seemed like there were some, a little bit of higher kill numbers, but, you know, maybe that's just, you know, they're testing it out, not playing the objective as much, so... Uh, they're going for kills. Who knows? I uh, can't really take much away from that, but um, I'm all I'm all for it. They're uh, definitely if if they think um, there's a way to get Apocalypse in, they think it's a good map. I'm I'll support it 100%. I think um, Crossroads for me might be the map that goes. There's just been that you know big issue with uh, the fourth hard point uh, for stage one. It was in that back left corner, and that was. Uh, in the on the same side of p3 which is in fire so if you got those back spawns for uh p3 and p4 you could get you know a good chunk of time on those but also in the back right corner on crossroads there was like a spawn bug where like if you don't have that really anchored down or you know you don't have solidified control of that back area uh you can get a wonky spawn and kind of you know throw things out of balance and now uh, in the last patch, they moved P4 down to where A-bomb is. I believe it's A-bomb on Crossroads, down by ice. Um, and that's just, it's a, it's a really scrappy hill. You know, P1 is over by tank, and it's directly across from it. And both of those hills are just really scrappy. And, you know, like traditional first hard points on a lot of maps are very scrappy. So uh, this, this hill, the new P4 on Crossroads is very... 
I don't want to say scrappy again, but I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, so um, I don't know how much the pros obviously haven't really played on that because they were playing on the previous version of Crossroads to end stage one. But um, I think if they wanted to find a way to get Apocalypse, at least Apocalypse hard point in the rotation, it might replace Crossroads. That could be a way to work. Um, and then Express, I am 100% in. It's one, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite maps, but it's a really good map from Black Ops 2. And I enjoy it for Search and Destroy. And uh, I think it was Crown who put up a uh, poll about what maps it would yeah. replace. I was about and, to uh, bring it up. There, there are definitely some options. I know some people don't like Miami. I personally enjoy Miami. I'm not going to say it's like the best map ever, but I think it's a good map for search. You can, you know, there are ways to pull off multiple strats, and and both bomb sites are actually viable. You can defend both bomb sites, and you can attack both bomb sites. Uh, unlike on Garrison, where it's just extremely hard to get to the A bomb site, which is outside of bricks and through green, you literally like have to go through power positions to get there, and that's part of the reason why Garrison is very defensively uh, oriented or defensively favored. So if it was up to me, I would think that uh, Express would be a good replacement for Garrison Search. Uh, some people might say Checkmate too. I would be okay to see Express replace. Uh, checkmate as well and i guess i would be i would i would just enjoy to see express uh search and destroy in the map pool even if it replaced miami but i think that i wouldn't i would want to see express replace garrison or checkmate before it replaces miami yeah and uh i also believe i don't remember where i saw it but i think somebody might have mentioned that they might uh, test out express for control too i'm not sure how that would work because obviously control is a thing in black ops 2 um the points, I remember seeing a tweet when Express first joined in the game. The uh, control points are kind of close to where the bombs are on each map. So by ticket and by, uh, you know, the control area, the trains over by mm -hmm. lockers. Um, so it would kind of depend on where the defense spawns, how that other, that other point by lockers, you know, if the defense spawns close to that one, it might be hard to capture it. Um, but I don't think there's any harm in testing it out for control. I don't know if it'll actually find its way into the map pool, but... Uh, I would definitely like to see Express Search and Destroy join, and if there's a way to get Apocalypse in and the pros think it's good, then I'm all for it. Yeah, so the poll you're referencing, uh, Chrome put it up earlier today. It already has 29,000 votes, and wow. the overwhelming majority say they want Miami removed. Um, this is presumably in uh, for Express S&D uh, to come in. Um, so 49% said Miami uh, to get removed, and then second place... 26% uh, said Garrison, 22% said Checkmate, and then uh, Moscow, uh, he just put it in the fourth one, it got 4%. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think I like Moscow search. Um, yeah. Uh, from I a, think it's also... Uh, no, what were you saying? I was just going to say, I voted for Garrison in the yeah, poll just because that's my least favorite map in the game. But uh, looking through these uh, responses, you know, you got Arcity saying, like, Checkmate's kind of boring, that's the overall... Uh, theme and then a lot of people are just saying i know crone had a tweet like you know people might be thinking about uh, miami from a pub standpoint instead of just a search and destroy standpoint and that could be part of uh, the reason why miami is so heavily voted but just looking at these comments like you got apathy saying garrison or checkmate uh bevels says take out garrison and checkmate and add apocalypse and express so obviously i have no idea how apocalypse plays for search but like, if that's a, a viable solution, I'd be all for that. I think that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Definitely help for me and GBs. 
I can say that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting to see the pros talking about this. Um, and I guess I don't know because obviously stage two now today it's technically Thursday on the East Coast here. Uh, stage two starts a week from today now, so I don't think we're gonna see any map changes. I'd be surprised at least uh, if we saw any map changes before stage two, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I like you. I voted for Garrison to get removed. I mostly did that because we see it so so little. Like I would just like a another map that might get picked, you know, because a lot, not a lot of teams are um, they're just like insta vetoing garrison snd so like bring another map maybe somebody will play it and we can have like more variety in the series um i also um carson from cod league stats um he has some like very interesting stats about like uh like attacks for snd and he tweeted that um he would like checkmate removed because it has the lowest offensive snd round win percentage of any of the maps it has a 36.57 percent win percentage wow. Um, so, I mean, like, we, you obviously want it to kind of be as close to 50% as possible, but, like, that's obviously not going to happen for a lot of maps. Like, Miami is in fourth with 40.85, Garrison 41.51, Moscow 51.61, and Raid 54.29. Um, so, like, it, like, you want it to be as contentious as possible for offensive and defensive round wins. Um, I mean, I don't really have a problem as a viewer with checkmate SMD. I mean, we've seen, we saw a lot of really good checkmate SMDs um, in the major and stage one, like the Optic Empire search comes to mind immediately. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't really like Miami because it's a little bit boring. Um, just like, because you have like such long range gun battles, it's a little boring at times, but I'd prefer Garrison to get kicked out. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, our friend Tremor uh, is a big proponent of the, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't like Checkmate at all. Uh, he really hates Checkmate. And I think, you know, the biggest problem with Checkmate, not to get too deep into it, uh, is just it's all about playing. Like, mm -hmm. that bomb's being in there. you you got to get playing control. And the other bomb site is off to the other side in an alley. And it's like, you know, you can dedicate one person to watching it. And they can kind of, you know, if they don't, if they just are throwing shoulders, like, it's really hard to get control. That's like, even if you flood it, then the people in playing are just immediately going to look down. Um, so it's a little tough, but um, I I definitely, personally, like Checkmate more than Garrison. But, uh, you know, kind of like Bevel said, if Apocalypse and Express can replace those two maps, I think that'd be great. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? Maybe not, but... Um, it's definitely an interesting topic. Yeah, and uh, just to go off of what you were saying, um, like I said, Carson, he, he does a lot of stats, and it's more than just, like, KD. Um, but, like, uh, a team, this is over 300, or no, excuse me. This is just Checkmate S&D, um, and I'm not going to include preseason, so this is just the regular season. 36.57% offensive win percentage. That's atrocious on Checkmate. Wow. Um, and if <laughs> it's ridiculous how little any team goes A. So a slow A push happens 0.746% of the time. A fast A has happens 2.24%. So literally you have a 
chance that a team goes A on this map, like that dedicates themselves to A. That's obviously ridiculous. Um, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. Maybe bringing the bomb site back, like to like the other side of crate or something. I don't know what it is. I, I don't think there's a fix yeah. to that extent. I think the only fix is if we think there's a better map, we just get rid of checkmate. Yeah. So maybe that'll happen. Uh, we'll see what happens. I like you. I don't really believe that they're gonna pull off like a map or two and put new maps in a week ahead of stage two but maybe by stage three we'll get new maps in uh it'll be interesting by stage three standoff is in the game it's not confirmed haven't really heard about it that's beyond just like fan hopes but if we got standoff in that'd be really cool especially if express gets added with standoff and we have like a uh, best of five where you know first three maps are raid express and standoff or even standoff express raid uh you feel like black ops 2 again yeah i would love that <laughs> um all right so let's uh we have two more topics we're gonna go mvp and rookie of the year at the moment who do you got for your mvp right now man um if the season ended today i guess which i mean coronavirus nearly ended the season like at this time last <laughs> season so it could happen um I, I really think it's hard to say you know go against anybody on phase because obviously they just won the major yep um and st- simp one player of stage one so if i had to pick an mvp probably would have to go with simp right now but assuming you're going to pick someone on Atlanta phase, I am going to say Hook just because he's yeah. been gross and uh, really good. So I'll go with Hook to be different. Yeah, I mean, I would probably pick Semp. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I I hate that MVP awards are just like who's the best player on the winning team because that's yeah. not like, I mean, personally, that's just not how I think about things. Like I, I thought that, like a lot of like when I put my top five together for last season, I mean I put players all over from like Skies, Octane, um, uh, Simp, Celium. So like I didn't just pick like who's gonna win this entire like champs. Like I just picked random players that I thought were good. Um, but yeah, I would say Simp if you're gonna say Phase. I think Hook has been incredible. He's been like a breakout star. Like you know we saw Shotzi win MVP last year it's very possible we see Hook win MVP this year especially if he keeps this kind of play up and Empire can get over that hurdle with FaZe um so uh also Awakening I said this I I tweeted about this I said if Florida can get their shit together then Awakening should be an MVP candidate at the end of the year because he is that good and he's played that well I think you know if he keeps playing the way he's playing even if Florida struggles, he's still an MVP candidate. Yeah. But kind of like you know, how you were touching on it, you know, the way MVPs are done in traditional sports and, you know, just overall, uh, if Florida continues to struggle, he's not going to be a serious contender for it. He will be a candidate probably at the end of the year, but he likely wouldn't win it just because yeah. if Florida is struggling, his stats wouldn't mean as much to a, someone like Simp where, you know, He's putting up numbers, and his team are winning the events. Yeah. Um, and uh, who do you got for Rookie of the Year right now? You go first. I'll say Diamond Con. I mean, yeah. he, <laughs> he, he I, w- I probably think I think Fire has a case right now. I don't think Neptune really does, and that's surprising uh, after Stage 1. But 
Um, I would say Diamond Con, they looked really, really good uh, as a team. And uh, in that Optic series, I know people are saying like House of Slytherin and everything, which are, it's just, <laughs> that's hysterical. But I mean, uh, I I still think he he's he's a welcome surprise. You know, I didn't I had no idea about this guy before like NYSL picked him up. So I mean, for him to be this good and on a top three team at the moment, um, it's incredible. Yeah, I think Diamond Con is the easy answer right now, just because, you know, kind of how we're talking about MVP. Uh, Diamond Con is right now the best rookie on, or he's the best rookie on a good team. Or yeah. Like, you know, one of the top teams. So, uh, yeah, I think he would be the easy answer. Um, obviously, he's, for the most part, he's been running that XM4. Uh, sometimes he's had a sub in his hand in search, I've seen, just off the top of my head, I remember couple instances where he had a sub but he's majority mainly been a uh, ar player so it'll be interesting to see uh how he performs if the xm4 is definitively ga'd but um for the sake of being different i will say neptune um i think uh fire obviously played he didn't play amazing in stage one group play but he had a really good series in the major. The mm-hmm. only problem is Paris lost their only series in the major, so we only got to see him play that one best of five against Florida. So from that standpoint, I would put Neptune above Fire just in that rear. I mean, we've seen Fire or we've seen Neptune more at this yeah. point, and I think Neptune's really good. So um, I think you know you got Diamond Con. I would probably pick him too, but for the sake of the argument, I'll I'll go with Neptune as my rookie of the year right now yeah and well now we have insight who did yep. uh he would classify as a rookie wasn't in yep. cdl last year i don't think he's ever been on like a technical pro team or whatever no. however people uh described pro teams back then um i think that's it i think there's only four uh in the entire well, league. we would get hydra if hydra yeah plays at one point so... um nobody on seattle there's a few uh, subs like. What about Parasite? Parasite could be a rookie of the year. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I guess. Uh, I I uh, would love for him to win rookie of the year, just so <laughs> we have new criteria for how to actually give that award out, um, because rookies are. I mean, Iggs has like an entire rant about this, like every year or two, um, like what is classified as a rookie because amateurs like. They played for like eight years basically before this. Yeah. So that was that was a big thing for me. I don't want to get too far off topic, but uh when I got to interview Pharaoh at World War Two Champs, I was talking to him about that angle of him being the rookie of the year in World War Two. Because in my eyes, those guys like Kenny, TJ, Temp, they, they weren't really rookies to me because we had already you know, there had been a couple yeah. of years since they had competed, but those guys played, you know, in AW on the big stage on pro team. So to me, that was their rookie year. Like I get, they had a break and it was technically their first year in the CDL or CWL at that time. Um, And a lot of people voted for Kenny to be their rookie of the year. But just for me, I thought, you know, that was Pharaoh's first actual year in pro play. And in my eyes, I thought he was the rookie of the year. And I remember his, his, I mean, that was a great interview, but his quote was basically along the lines of, yeah, I'm the rookie of the year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, rookies are just, it's an impossible, like, the the term professional and term amateur, those are very different among people because, I mean, some would say, like, top 16 back when you had, like, open 
tournaments like that would be considered professional but i mean if you're getting paid a salary and you're you know getting your funds covered to go to land events i don't know like in, some people would also consider that to be pro i i think it's so weird um we don't have like a, a system like the nfl or nba or mlb where it's like okay like yeah this is your first time in like the big league this league has only been around two years so i mean we can't really like not even two years this is the uh, second season and we're only two months in so you know to say like parasite for example could realistically be the rookie of the year because he had never been on a cdl team before but he also is a former world champion and won like a shit ton of events in like 2013-14 so it's it's very odd yeah i think that's a problem just right now i think as call of duty progresses and obviously these yeah. older players retire move on it won't be as big of a deal but um you know at least for now i think at least this year we definitely have uh some solidified candidates not including parasite uh when we're looking at diamond con fire neptune and now most likely insight and potentially hydra later on mm-hmm. um and finally we have uh, power rankings we're going to update um our power rankings uh if i think that was episode one or it's the lost episode i honestly don't the know lost episode it is the lost episode so okay no chance that we remember exactly what our power rankings were uh-huh. unless yeah unless we wrote it down which i definitely didn't um so yeah uh our power rankings are not like one two three four five like i mean i don't like doing it because it's very hard to pick like you know eight over nine but um so we kind of do it in tiers uh at least that's what i thought we were doing so uh what that's are your me. i mean i i don't really care that's just how we did it last time um no, so, so what are your power rankings right now after stage one yeah so i think i'll um i think before i did like tier one two three yeah you know, i think tier you know right now it might be a little bit easier to do it from a letter standpoint so uh i think i would put atlanta and s tier by themselves mm-hmm. clearing away the best team in the game right now uh, i would probably put dallas and optic in tier a um I think New York is like an A minus B plus in my eyes right now, so I don't really know where I want to put them. But I'll say, you know, we'll put them in A for now. So Dallas OG and New York in that next tier below uh, Atlanta. And then I would probably throw in Thieves, with, or I would throw the Gorillas, Florida, and the Thieves together in a group. And then the rest of the pack after that. Mm-hmm. Um and my initial, if we're looking at it from just a non-tier standpoint, I was kind of looking at, you know, Phase 1, Dallas 2, Optic 3, New York 4, uh, LA, Thief, LA Thieves 5. And I think that order is kind of, you know, like, just based on how they performed in the major. I think that's fine with me. I know New York got third. I know they beat Optic, but Optic also beat them. I still think Optic is the better team, and mm-hmm. aside from placing, so... Uh, I understand some people might disagree with that, and I can definitely, you know, if there's a case to be made that you could put New York ahead of Optic, but for me, I got Optic ahead of New York. Um, and then other than that, you know, towards the end of the pack, I just think the only thing that stands out to me is the Gorillas getting top six in the major, kind of pushes them up in the power rankings for me a little bit, and then Florida performing well, um, at least, you know, better than they did in group play. 
that kind of moves them up. But definitely in our preseason power rankings, we had them higher, and then they would have probably moved down a lot after group play, and now they've just moved up a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of – so I think Atlanta is, like, one, like, if I had to put numbers on it. And yeah. then um, below that, I would say, like, there's a tier – where it's like they could beat Atlanta, but they're just not there yet. And I think that's Dallas and Optic. Yep. And um, I I wanted to put subliners in this group as well because subliners, obviously, like you said, beat Optic. And they looked really good at certain points, like like incredible team. They nearly beat Dallas um, before getting reverse swept. Um, it's just maybe with more practice, they actually do get there. And... But for right now, I would say that they are in, like, this next tier with L.A. Thieves where it's, like, they just – they have a little more work to go. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're they not in that second tier yet, but they're really on the cusp of it. And then there's a bunch of teams in this middle tier where it's kind of, like, any given day, they could beat them. They probably won't, though. Like, it's more like a 10% they'll beat them, 90% they won't. <laughs> and that's, like – I just put six through ten. It's LAG, Minnesota, Paris, Toronto, Florida, and Florida could bump up to that next tier very easily, in my opinion. They nearly beat yep. Subliners. They have a lot of potential. They just need to realize that potential. And then I have the bottom feeders, London and Seattle. London, obviously, with their roster, with you know Alex um, there, and you know Zero there. I think it's different. They're probably not a bottom feeder, but I mean, they have not won. I don't think they've won a search or something like that. Um, and mm, they did. I don't remember when. So was it's, it against Toronto? I have the stats um, in my Google Drive. I just don't want to bring them up right now because I know I yeah. just like lag my computer. But yeah, um, they won a they won Garrison search against Toronto in this major so i think that was their first and only search one of the season so far but yeah, yeah regardless that they are undisputably the worst team regardless of circumstances yeah uh i you know like you said it might be a little different with alex and zero in the lineup but yeah. you know there's nothing we can do there's nothing they can do about that right now so at this point they are just you know the worst team right now in the league yeah and i put them with seattle because Seattle has no excuses. Like they don't have the excuses that London does, and yet they're still bad. And they were bad last year. Um, they're actually the only team uh, to get no prize money from champs and from the first major of this season. Um, and that's obviously uh, really wow. depressing if you're a Seattle um, fan because LAG, who finished last place uh, in champs last year, they won ten thousand uh, dollars for finishing sixth or something or seventh or something um and that so they basically got more prize money from this event than they did all of last season so um (laughs) i think it's it's always interesting um and maybe this i think the surge will end up making a roster change unless things just you know miraculously change yep i think that was a good way to break it down um I think that's we have we've covered all the topics um we've went through the major unless there is anything else that i'm not thinking of no i think that's about it um a lot to unpack in this episode obviously with the major and some stuff going on like we talked about with methods and hydra getting here etc all that um but obviously uh stage two we got a little break now 
and uh, we wanted to get this pot out before the uh, Stage 2 groups are drawn and before Stage 2 group play kicks off so that we can do another episode early next week talking about Stage 2 specifically and our predictions for that. Yep. Uh, so that's going to do it. Um, I Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed. This will be hopefully spliced together so it won't be incredibly weird when it goes on YouTube and Spotify and everything. Um, but yeah, this was a pretty long podcast for us. Um, yep. Thanks for listening. Um, subscribe, Spotify. Uh, if you are on Apple podcast, give us a five-star rating. Uh, it helps us. I think we have two ratings. Both of them are five stars. So, um, I love Thank that. You. Uh, we've actually gotten more listens on, uh, the podcast every single episode. So like, let's continue that trend, uh, because that's incredible. I was not expecting that at all. Um, this will be up on Thursday um on youtube and spotify and hopefully other places as well um just kind of depends on how they distribute it but uh yeah for me thank you guys and have a good night yep always remember send the chow